Chapter Twenty Five of Nan Sherwood at Pine Camp. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Siano. Nan Sherwood at Pine Camp by Annie Rowe Carr. Chapter Twenty Five. The Tempest. Nan, however, did not mention to Toby the haze rising from the dead tree. In the first place, when she reached the little farm on the island in the tamarack swamp, old Toby Vanderwiller was not at home. His wife greeted the girl warmly, and Corson was glad to see her. When Nan spread the check before him and told him what it was for and what he could do with so much money, the crippled boy was delighted. It was a secret between them that the grandmother was to have the black silk dress that she had longed for all her married life. Only Nan and Corson knew that Nan was commissioned to get the check cashed and buy the dress pattern at the forks, or send to a catalogue house for it if she could not find a suitable piece of goods at any of the local stores. Nan lingered, hoping that Toby would come home. It finally grew so late that she dared not wait longer. She had been warned by Aunt Kate not to remain after dusk in the swamp, nor had she any desire to do so. Moreover, there was a black cloud rolling up from the west. That was enough to make the girl hurry, for when it rained in the swamp, sometimes the corduroy road was knee-deep in water. The cloud had increased to such proportions when Nan was halfway across the sawdust desert that she began to run. She had forgotten all about the smoking tree. Not a breath of air was stirring as yet, but there was the promise of wind in that cloud. The still leaves on the bushes, the absence of bird life overhead, the lazy drone of insects portended a swift change soon. Nan was weather-wise enough to know that. She panted on, stumbling through the loose sawdust, but stumbling equally in the ruts, for the way was very rough. This road was lonely enough at best, but it seemed more deserted than ever now. A red fox, his tail depressed, shot past her, and not many yards away. It startled Nan for it seemed as though something dreadful was about to happen, and the fox knew it and was running away from it. She could not run as fast as the fox, but Nan wished that she could, and she likewise wished with all her heart that she would meet somebody. That somebody she hoped would be Tom. Tom was drawing logs from some point near, she knew. A man down the river had bought some timber, and they had been cut a few weeks before. Tom was drawing them out of the swamp for the man, and he had mentioned only that morning at breakfast that he was working within sight of the sawdust tract and the corduroy road. Nan felt that she would be safe with big, slow Tom. Even the thought of thunder and lightning would lose some of its terrors if she could only get to Tom. 
suddenly she heard a voice shouting, then the rattle of chain harness. The voice boomed out a stave of an old hymn. On Jordan's stormy bank I stand and cast a wishful eye. It's Tom, gasped Nan, and ran harder. She was almost across the open space now. The cooler depths of the forest were just ahead. Beyond, a road crossed the mainly traveled swamp track at right angles to it, and this was the path Tom followed. He was now coming from the river, going deeper into the swamp for another log. Nan continued to run, calling to him at the top of her voice. She came in sight of the young timberman and his outfit. His wagon rattled so that he could not easily hear his cousin calling to him. He sat on the tongue of the wagon, and his big, slow-moving horses jogged along, rattling their chains in a jingle more noisy than harmonious. The timber cart was a huge lumbering affair, with ordinary cartwheels in front, but a huge pair behind, with an extended reach between them and to the axle of the rear pair of wheels the timber to be transported was swung off the ground and fastened with chains. Nan ran after the rumbling cart, and finally Tom saw her. "'My mercy me!' gasped the boy, using one of his mother's favorite expressions. "'What you doing here, Nan?' "'Chasing you, Tom,' laughed the girl. "'Is it going to rain?' I reckon. You'll get wet if it does. I don't care so much for that, confessed Nan, but I am so afraid of thunder. Oh, there it comes! The tempest muttered in the distance. Tom, who had pulled in his horses and stopped, looked worried. I wish you weren't here, Nan, he said. How gallant you are, I declare, Tommy Sherwood cried Nan, laughing again, and then shuddering as the growl of the thunder was repeated. "'Swamp's no place for a girl in a storm,' muttered the boy. "'Well, I am here, Tommy. What are you going to do with me?' she asked him saucily. "'If you're so scared by thunder, you'd better begin by stopping your ears,' he drawled. Nan laughed. Slow Tom was not often good at repartee. "'I'm going to stick by you till it's over, Tom,' she said, hopping up behind him on the wagon tongue. "'Cracky, Nan, you'll get soaked. It's going to just smoke in a few minutes,' declared the anxious young fellow. And that reminded Nan again of the smoking tree. "'Oh, Tom, do you know, I believe there is a tree afire over yonder.' she cried, pointing. A tree of fire? Yes, I saw it smoking. My mercy me! exclaimed Tom again. What do you mean? Nan told him about the mystery. The fact that a column of smoke arose out of the top of the dead tree seemed to worry Tom. Nan became alarmed. Oh, dear Tom! Do you really think it was a fire? I don't know. If it was a fire, it is a fire now. 
he said. Show me, Nan. He turned the horses out of the beaten track through the brush and brambles to the edge of the open place which had been heaped with sawdust from the steam mill. Just as they broke cover, a vivid flash of lightning cleaved the black cloud that had almost reached the zenith by now, and the deep rumble of thunder changed to a sharp clatter, then followed a second flash and a deafening crash. "'Oh, Tom!' gasped Nan as she clung to him. "'The flash you'll see'll never hit you, Nan,' drawled Tom, trying to be comforting. "'Remember that. It isn't so much the lightning I fear as it is the thunder, murmured Nan in the intermission. It just sounds as though the whole house was coming down. Ho! Oh, cried Tom. No house here, Nan. But the thunder roared again. A light patter on the leaves and ground announced the first drops of the storm. Which tree was it you saw smoking? asked the young fellow. Nan looked around to find the tall, broken-topped tree. A murmur that had been rising in the distance suddenly grew to a sweeping roar. The trees bent before the blast. Particles of sawdust stung their faces. The horses snorted and sprang ahead. Tom had difficulty in quieting them. Then the tempest swooped upon them in earnest. End of chapter 25 Recording by Linda Ciano